0: Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast, presented by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. I'm Ross Levitan, alongside Brandon Pillar. Today for part two of our interview with Craig Button. In part one, we discussed the Sens organizational top 10 under 23. Well, today we talk about the two players that will be added to that list after the NHL draft. We go in-depth on the top 10 with him and... We're going to get back to our prospect rankings. It's number six. It's a local OHL talent. We'll leave it at that for now. All that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team every day. Today is Monday, July 6th. We're wishing Pierre Dorian plenty of hugs and high fives on his 48th birthday. you if, if you were Pierre Dorian blowing out your candles tonight, What would be the birthday wish you're hoping for?
1: Well, first off, uh, we would be going against the classic birthday traditions, announcing the birthday wish, so it might not come true. But hypothetically speaking, if I'm Dorian, in my head, my first wish is the first thing i got to do as general manager of the Ottawa Senators right now, get Connor Brown extended. Connor Brown? Connor Brown, because... He is such an integral part of this team and I've probably been uh, preaching too much Connor Brown uh, on this podcast if you guys have been listening along for a while but Connor Brown he just does so many of the little things right and like let's just take a look at two categories he led the team in. He led the entire team in takeaways maybe some somewhat of a Mark Stone light anyone poor man's Mark Stone and Connor Brown doing all those little things right and He like uh, DJ Smith just relies on him so heavily. He led the team in most average ice time for sends forwards, even more than Brady Kachuk, which I thought was kind of surprising. So when you're a guy that puts up points like Connor Brown, you're looked at as uh, more of a veteran on this young team of uh, developing prospects that are going to be coming up. You're a guy that DJ Smith knows well. He he like I said, he relies on you a lot of the time. You're playing heavy minutes on the ice in Connor Brown, and he's one of the top point getters now that they've traded away almost all their star talents. So I think first thing you gotta do without a doubt is get Connor Brown extended.
0: Well, funny enough, you mentioned Mark Stone, because that has to be the first time since Mark Stone's rookie season in 2015 that anyone not named Mark Stone has led the Senators in takeaways. I'd be shocked. If it wasn't, and you're talking about Connor Brown, a guy who just had a career year offensively, 43 points, 71 games. And yeah, you mentioned it playing over 20 minutes a game is, is super impressive. And he uses them in all situations. First PK, first power play unit. You gotta love what he brings. And what do you think it's going to cost to get a guy like that under contract? He's an RFA. That should be mentioned as well.
1: Definitely. And I think the RFA, that definitely gives the center some leverage, which is great, because in uh, contract negotiations, when you're not a franchise that hands out signing bonuses, that really hurts uh, your chances of keeping players around for a long time. I mean, uh, look at what the Leafs dished out this July 1st. Holy moly, that's insane. Senators not going to do that, that's for sure. But. Yeah, Connor Brown, you need to keep this guy around. I just think he's he's so important. And he's gonna be the kind of guy that these young players can look upon uh while they're developing. I wanna keep him he's he's only 26 years old. So anywhere between three to five year contract and anywhere between I would say three and a half million and five million would be a fair deal. Because I think Connor Brown's only getting better. The only reason he isn't better already is because I feel he was so buried in that Leafs lineup.
0: What if his camp wants something more long term, but they want the annual average to be? I'm thinking a guy like that could command five years at maybe even four and a half million dollars. Should the Sens blink at that?
1: I think if that's the case, you go ahead and sign on the dotted line. Because you also got to think, like, once this Bobby Ryan contract is done, sure, you've got the Schwab contract, but... Even that's not really a mammoth contract. I mean, $8 million for a number one defenseman in this day and age isn't that crazy. It's only going to go up. So really, they got a good deal on Connor Brown. Once the Bobby Ryan contract's done, really the only big contracts you're going to have, well, Kachuk, Kachuk definitely uh, is going to be extended, and that's going to be a big contract. But you're going to have so much money that paying a guy like Connor Brown four and a half million for the next five years isn't really a, really a big deal, especially when you consider how much of your uh, core players are going to be on entry level deals for three years. So I think you could definitely uh, look at giving Connor Brown somewhere between four and five million at a five year deal
0: for sure fourth on the team in goals, first in shorthanded time on ice per game as a forward, and he brings all sorts of intangibles. So I think that's definitely a contract the send shouldn't even think twice about. Anything over $5 million annual average, I'd start to get a, a bit uh, hairy on, but if you're keeping it under $5 million in the annual average, then you can go as long as you want on term. He's a guy that you want to build around, and you know your head coach feels the same way about that. But Pillsy, it's all about the draft right now, and I'm sure Pierre Dorian would have had a different birthday wish before the draft lottery, but the balls went the way they did, and that's fine. It almost adds more intrigue, right? If the Sens got first, you know, you know where they're going with it, but with all the intrigue, we had to get Craig Button on. If you haven't heard part one where we dissect who the Sens already have, then go ahead and listen to that first, because we cut the interview in half, and now without further ado, the second part of Craig Button's interview where we focus solely on the 2020 NHL Draft. But before we get to that, we got to remind you about rockauto.com, the family business that serves auto parts to customers online, and they've been doing it for 20 years. Yeah, how's that for some longevity? You just go to rockauto.com and you shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything. They have everything, from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks. And best part, they deliver it directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and even the prices that you prefer. The best part of all this, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Just go to rockauto.com right now, right now, and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Just make sure. There's a how did you hear about us box. Just make sure you write locked on. That way they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, here he is, Craig Button. As we move into the draft, they've got a couple more to add and we saw your your both your overall list the craigslist the tsn.ca and your your first mock draft you have tim stutzla going at second which i guess would come to a surprise for some although we're seeing it more and more that he's jumped quinton byfield was there something in particular that he did or was it just his overall body of work
2: okay so number one i want to make this very clear i always have to make it clear my Craigslist is a projection of who I think will be the best players down the road. Okay. When I when I do a mock draft, that is very different. It has nothing to do with my Craigslist. Okay. Yep. So I, I want to make that clear. So when when I did my Craigslist and had Tim Stutzla, I think he's the second best player in the draft. Period. Now after the going in right after January, I thought between Quinton and uh, Tim, it was close, neck and neck. But after that. I think Tim Stutzla, he reminds me of Patrick Kane. And I'm going to go one step further. I mean, the imagination, the creativity, the hands, the offensive uh, productivity, the ability to make plays. But he also has a a very uh, significant attribute that that I haven't seen in a lot of players. And I saw it in Peter Forsberg. And the attribute is this. The puck drops and he ain't waiting to dip his toe into the water. He's going right after it from the drop of the puck, and he wants to go after it, and he's going to go after it, and you're not going to stop him. I think he's a brilliant player. He might, think- end up being, he might end up being the best player in the draft, in my view. Wow,
0: really? That's high praise, and we've we got to see some of his highlight. Obviously, we've been going through the YouTube clips, and, yeah, it just seems like electric creativity and can make oh. plays out of nothing, really. Do you think that – so last season, five players played in their first NHL game. The top three played 60 or more. Do you think this group, which is known as a deep crop, do you think there's going to be more that could jump immediately into the
2: National Hockey League? All three of those players should have never been in the NHL next class. Yeah, I'd, Hughes, I agree. Hughes, Kako, and Doc. All they did was they played. They didn't contribute to their teams. They, yeah. they, their NHL teams used it as a development year. I don't see the NHL as a development league ever, never. But those teams put those players in those spots, and they're the first three picks. Very, very different this year. Lafreniere is going to come into the league and contribute right from day one. I think Marco Rossi can contribute right from day one. I think Tim Stutzler can come in and contribute. Huge difference between contributing and playing. Those three players played. The the three players I just named, I all believe they can come right in and contribute at a very, very important level. Not be in there for development and feel their way through. Come in and make a contribution.
1: Now Craig uh, both Ross and I are former goaltenders in our uh, storied careers Story. and we like to tout ourselves as a goalie friendly show. You know you probably know the prospect I'm heading to, but the intrigue that Yaroslav Askarov draft slot possesses is just so interesting. You have him ranked at 7th, which would be the highest goalie drafted since Carey Price went 5th in 2005. So does that mean you'll believe he's going to be off the board sooner than we saw Spencer Knight last year? And do you see a particular team making sure they get him and maybe even the senators? And you talked about how the senators needed an elite guy to step in the crease while the other guys develop. Could he possibly be that guy that steps in soon?
2: I'll answer your last question first. Yeah, I think he could be that guy that you could draft and, you know, consider, uh, you know, you know, I, you know, for me, you know, I like everybody, Ross, you know that. I like everybody, right? But, you know, the goaltenders, you know, uh, there's kind of a – I always have this feeling about goaltenders that, you know, they got forced into the net somehow and whether they really want to be goaltenders or not, you know, they kind of found their way there. And then, of course, then they make all kinds of excuses for the goaltenders and, you know, people like me have to say, no, the goaltender made a mistake. <laughs> So, just so you know, you you guys will get no sympathy for me oh, from being by being former. We're used family. to it. I'm just letting you know. I I don't want I don't want there to be anything. Especially now listen, the
0: ugly ducklings.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't say that the ugly duckling turned into a beautiful swan. You know, <laughs> let's not uh, let's not just say that it can't happen, right? I just say, you know, all kidding aside, I. I, I uh, Askarov's the best goaltender I've seen entering the draft since Carey Price.
0: You don't I, hold I, it against him that he catches the wrong way.
2: No, I don't. <laughs> do, do either one of you uh, catch with your? Did either one of you catch with your right hand?
0: No, Ross well, no, catch with his left could, either. I would. have well, oh, I, I oh, to on. say based
2: on your scored careers, I don't think you can catch with the, the <laughs> other hand either, <laughs> yeah, right? But anyway, all kidding aside, he's the best goalie I've seen entering the draft since Carey Price. Yeah, and wow. I think he's a franchise goaltender. I have no doubt about it. And you know what? When I look at the draft and I see through 12, 13 players, maybe 14, depending on how other people look at it, I mean, maybe it's 10. I don't know. I see high quality. How do I define high quality? Top line forwards, top pair defenseman, and number one goalie. I have no question he's a number one goalie. I have watched this young man perform at such an exceptionally elite level, and it's not by accident. It's, it's with outstanding athletic skills and attributes. It's with really good technique that still needs to be developed. It's with a great competitive spirit and his ability to read the play and hockey sense that, that is necessary for outstanding goaltending is right at the top of the charts. So I think he's, in, he, he's a franchise goaltender. And, when we go back to Kerry Price, they had Jose Theodore and there was a lot of people that were, can you believe the Montreal Canadiens drafted uh, Carey Price? And it took him a little bit of time. It took him a little bit of time to find his way at the NHL level. But boy, once he did, there was no question uh, that he was a franchise goaltender. I feel exactly the same way about Askaroff.
0: Wow, that's high high praise. And you also have high praise for Jack Quinn. You already mentioned Marco Rossi, so I'll move on to the other 67 eligible. And I think an important distinction, I know you've said it as well, the fact that Jack Quinn scored 52 goals, not playing at even strength with Marco Rossi, who led the team almost two points per game. But you have him ranked six, which is the highest we've seen on pretty much any list. What is it about his overall game that makes him such a special prospect?
2: I think he's the best scorer in a draft, number one. And you know, it's not just it's not just that he scores. He he scores in so many different ways. He attacks opponents in so many different ways. And he's another player that, as he physically matured, he 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 initiated more. He 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 really challenged opponents to handle them. And you know, he he uh, Andre Jordan had him killing penalties. He he played in important uh, areas of the game when they were up a goal, even down a goal, because he can play in all those situations. And he's got, he's got this drive to make a difference in the game. And I think his playmaking is underrated. I really do. I, I see him as a really, really good playmaker. But when you finish as well as he does, a lot of times you don't, you don't have to make that pass. But he can score in many different ways. He can score from many different areas of the of the ice. And because he's so exceptionally smart – He keeps opponents off balance. He reminds me of David Pastran. Simple as that.
1: So Quinn is a guy that uh, you have ranked higher than most. Uh, On the flip side, two guys that you have ranked lower than most, two Swedes in Raymond and Holtz at 9 and 13. Are you not completely sold about how they'll transition to the North American game? Or is it not really negative things about them? It's just you found more positives in other players that caused you to move them higher than Raymond and Holtz.
2: Yeah, one of the things, and I, I try to clarify this all the time, I, I think too much of the time we all get hung up on the number beside a player. I try to get the players in the right groups. And, you know, if you, if you uh, Brandon, and Ross and I were talking and we were looking at players, let's just look at six to 13. Let's just look at that list of players. Let's just take out the top five for now. And we feel comfortable with the group of players, and you made a case for Raymond to be the sixth guy. I don't think I could argue that. If you wanted to make a case for Holtz, I don't think I could argue against that. I think the key when you're evaluating players is understanding, okay, what does this player – what are his attributes? What's his potential? Where does he fit on your team? And you go through that evaluation with all the players. And it would be nice if everybody was the same and everybody was the same position and the same type of player – Raymond is different from Holtz who is different than Quinn who is different than Rossi who's obviously different than Jake Sanderson who is obviously different than Oskaroff and I'm just naming some of the players in that group right but I'm really comfortable with them all being in the in that same group so there's nothing about Alexander Holtz that I don't like but you know when at some point in time you got to put them in some order but I'm not sitting here saying that Alexander Holtz wouldn't be a great pick at six or wouldn't be a great pick at seven. Right. I think he's a really good goal scorer. I think he's a really competitive player. So I try to keep him in the grouping. So to be quite, I just I compare Alexander Holtz to Philip Forsberg. Maybe he's better than that. I compare Lucas Raymond to Mitch Marner, but I compare Marco Rossi to, to Nicholas Backstrom, Jack Quinn to David Pasternick, you know, Cole Perfetti to Artemi Panarin. All I know is I just named comparable type players that are all frontline players. Pick your poison and it's not poison with those guys.
0: No, not at all. And thank you so much for taking the time, Craig. I'm going to finish up with one final question. If the senators, so we're hoping they get one of Stutzla or Byfield. Seems that way at three. And then,
2: you know, it's likely in your mind. If they don't get one of those guys at three, then they're going to get Lafreniere.
0: Well, there you go. I mean, that's talking – that's music to well, that's my ears. A,
2: that's a simple math, right, at three. It's a simple math, okay? So, like, so you they, see those three
0: in, like, a stratosphere of their own, so –
2: Well, well no, not necessarily. I'm just saying that if they could get Stutzel Byfield at three, I, all I know is there's only two players that could be taken ahead of the pick at three. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it makes sense. I, what I was trying to get at, because you do I have – I know I interrupted you. No, sir. no, it's good. No, it's good. I appreciate it. And th- with the Red Wings, though – that's the interesting thing. you think that they'd love to add one of those guys as well, wouldn't we all? But if they don't take Drysdale, if both Drysdale and Sanderson are on the board at five, do you think about taking a defenseman if you're the Senators, or, or is it really important that they go with two forwards?
2: I think Jamie Drysdale is the number one defenseman. I think he's complete. I think he's exactly like Bowen Byron was last year. I rarely see 18-year-old defensemen that can play the game in its complete manner. Usually, those good defensemen have to develop that over time, even when they're in the NHL. Byram had it, has it. Jamie Drysdale has it. And, you know, again, when you start to consider a number one defenseman, they don't grow on trees. They're not abundantly available. And so to me, if Jamie Drysdale uh, was there at five and, and they made their pick at three for me, I'd be all over Jamie Drysdale.
0: Okay. Well now you got me thinking and I have to end with this question then we just did our top 10 organizational senators under 23. Where do you think, and this might be an unfair question, where do you think the third and fifth pick could immediately slot into that group? One and two. Just like that.
2: Just like that.
0: That's a beautiful place you to end. You put me it.
2: on the spot. I'm glad I had an answer.
0: You did. I know. And you always seem to have an answer. And no hesitation. No, that's per. I mean, like I said, we th- we think Brady Kachuk is anything, everything you want in a hockey player. So if you're saying that two players could potentially slot in above him, right now that is Music descends, fans ears. Craig, thank you okay, so okay, much. Okay, I
2: got to be – I got to interrupt. Yeah. No, I, I love I it. Do because, I, I, like, when I look at prospects, I don't look at Brady Kachuk in that group. And I know you've identified right. under 23, right? Yeah. So, no, they wouldn't go ahead of uh, Brady Fair. Kachuk. Fair, Okay, but so in the other but, – but but every other player they would have. So, yeah. you know, just to qualify that. Because, personally, I'll tell you what. If Brady heard that I had those two guys rated ahead of him, I don't want to have to deal with him. Just I'm like going to put it out on Twitter. Him. That that's a news grab
1: right there, Craig. <laughs> or you got to deal with Walt,
2: <laughs> or or Matthew. Hey, listen, yeah. <laughs> or, and, and let me just tell you this: Taryn, who, who who's a field hockey player, is the is, is the most competitive of all of them. She oh. could beat them all.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a family you don't want to mess with.
2: And I'm not going to.
0: <laughs> hey, how, how awesome is it that we could get a Brady-Kachuk-Matthew-Kachuk combo now with the potential return of the Olympics participate, participation? Who do you think would be the best center to, to play with those two on the U.S. team?
2: Okay, here's the question. What center is going to be fighting to play with them? Yeah. Because, you know, you, you don't think Jack Eichel doesn't want to play with them? Like, I mean, they're, I mean, b- bottom line is is when you look at the centers and then you look at those two players, I mean, they're automatics for the team. I mean, they're automatics. And uh, ask yourself this question. You know, how do you build your team to play against the U.S. team with players like that? Ooh. Because I'll tell you what. They take they, – they, they give no quarter – and they take no prisoners.
0: Oh, man, that's too good. Craig, we've had awesome time with you. We're going to have to have you on after the draft when we know who the first and second on the Sens Prospect list is. We're going to be following you on tsn.ca, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll be able to see you back in studio for Leafs Lunch soon. Thank you very much for joining us today, Craig.
2: Hey, Ross and Brandon, my pleasure to join and uh, really, really uh, excited about uh, where the Sens can take their team. I've been really impressed with what Pierre Dorian has done, and I think this team is, is one that, that's moving clearly in a direction where they will be contenders.
0: Well, Sens fans will love to hear that, Craig, and I'm not going to let you forget, you told us on Leafs Lunch that if you could take the GM job of any Canadian team right now, Ottawa's would be the most appealing.
2: Well, I'm, I, I don't... Uh, I don't say the things that I do by accident. I I look at, hey, everybody wants to be in a great situation, and I think the Senators are in one.
0: Many thanks once again to Craig Button for taking the time with us. We really appreciate it. Make sure you go to TSN. It's not hard to find Craig Button talking draft prospects and much more at TSN, tsn tsn.ca, and all over their platforms we didn't really dive into marco rossi we skimmed the outside we talked more about jack quinn his teammate but marco rossi comes in at number six on our send central prospect rankings the five foot nine centerman of the ottawa 67s what's your main takeaway about this kid well
1: ross i'm gonna start off with uh we were talking a couple weeks ago about our favorite adam sandler movies you know mr deeds the butler What's his classic saying? Very, very sneaky. Very, very sneaky. And Marco Rossi, what a sneaky player. And this is a guy who, his biggest attribute is, and we've said this about a lot of guys, but I feel like Marco Rossi, definitely, this pertains to him, is his hockey IQ. Like, You're not really looking at his speed, uh, his hands, his shot, his size, anything like that. He just thinks the game on a higher level than his peers in uh, the OHL and junior hockey. Like, it just, I don't know about you, but when I was watching the highlights, it just seems that the defenders, they can't contain him. Even if they double up on him, he's just so sneaky. He can tip shots at the net. And then when he's in close against goalies, like, he can just make them look absolutely foolish because he's so creative. Uh, Like he doesn't really beat goalies cleanly. He'll confuse them and then just get around them and they don't even know what happens. So I think Marco Rossi has incredible talent and just, he has a full toolbox and he knows when to use each tool, which is just incredible for a player developing because he's only going to get stronger at all those little things.
0: Elite vision, too. Some of the passes he made this past year where he put up an OHL leading, not in draft eligibles, in the entire Ontario Hockey League, 120 points in 56 games. I'm not a math guy, but that's more than two points per game. I can tell you that. And the best part of Marco Rossi's game is that it keeps improving Although he's one of the oldest guys in the draft, he's a September 23rd birthday, so he's already 18 years old. He'll be 19 by the time next season starts, much like Brady Kachuk, who's an early September birthday, and that didn't seem a problem. Almost might mean that he's more closer to being ready to jump into the National Hockey League right away, Pillsy. But if you go back to his last year in Switzerland with the uh, with the Junior A League there, the under-20s, he put up the best points per game in that league as a draft minus two, Ahead of guys like Sven Berchi and Nikolai Ehlers and Timo Meyer, Guys who've come out of that league to go on and be good NHL players. So to be atop that list, then come over to the Ontario Hockey League brand new system. Put up 29 goals, 65 points in 53 games. Have more than a point a game in the playoffs. And then do what he did this season. I mean, is the only withdrawal from him? Like how many 5'9", number one centers are there in the National Hockey League? That's the only... Thing that I, I'm just, I have to wrap my head around that, but the game keeps getting smaller. Do you think that's going to be an issue going forward? We've talked about this before,
1: and I think it's definitely something that you take note of, right? Otherwise, why are we talking about it if it's not an issue? But this is again a situation where maybe he grows a little, maybe he hasn't fully uh, filled out yet. He gets a little stronger, he uh, gains a little more muscle, he grows another inch, and then you're looking at a guy who's 5'10, 5'11, which isn't that crazy? There's there's tons of good centermen in the NHL at that size. And I'll give you one right now, player comparable, that I thought was pretty accurate. It's a guy we know and loved when he was in Ottawa, Matt Duchesne. The centerman, he's uh, 5'11", 195 pounds, not a huge guy. And that's another guy where you... Great it's down hard- low, too. Can't get the puck off his stick down low. Exactly, and that's the thing. Like, guys just can't contain him. And Matt Duchesne, he's the kind of guy that... In any given scenario, he can make snap, quick uh, decisions that can beat guys using all the tools in his toolbox, like we talked about, his stick handling, his passing, his skating, his hockey IQ, being in the right spot in the right time, knowing where to move the puck. All those kind of things I thought he did really similar to what Matt Duchesne does, and I think that's a pretty good projection if you can turn out anywhere near as good as Matt Duchesne.
0: Yeah, that's a great comparable. I didn't expect you to go there. They're both left shots as well. Another player comparable, although a right shot, Braden Point down and That was camp, my second one. Maybe not as much speed as Point, but... Man, the the down low skill, and if you go to his uh, Twitter, Marco Rossi's, he's posting all these videos. You know, since they can't show off on the ice, I think Marco Rossi's doing uh, a pretty good job of of upping his value off the ice, showing some of his balance and and resistance training uh, exercises that he's doing. And this guy just has tree trunks for legs, so anything he makes up or anything he's losing in height, he's making up for in athleticism and in strength. Because this guy is going to be a force in the NHL and. The Sens could do worse, I think, than taking him at number five. So um, with all that, he's number six on the Sens Central draft prospect rankings. Well, top five. I think it has even more meaning than just a nice clean cutoff. The Sens, hopefully, will get two of the top five. So we'll be back with that later this week. Hope you enjoyed the interviews with Craig Button. Of course, go back, listen to part one right after this one or... You can go back even further. We got Wayne Scanlon. We got tons of good interviews for you guys to listen to and many more to come. For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast where we've got your team every day.